Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you. Good morning to all of you watching from home. Nice to have you with us. So I have a little story to begin with uh, this morning. It's about words. So there's a scripture scholar I like to read who talks about a trip he took some time ago to the Middle East. And while he was there, he was walking through a marketplace and he was approached by this group of kids. And as they began to talk, these kids learned that he was a visitor to their country. So they wanted to gather around him and offer him a blessing. And he thought, oh, wow, that's very kind. However, a few minutes later, as they continued to talk, they learned that he was a Christian. So in their culture, he was an infidel. So guess what they did next? They asked for their blessing back. <laughs> Can you believe that? They did. They asked for their blessing back. And I know that that probably sounds pretty strange to most of us. I mean, for one thing, can you imagine how awkward it'd be to say, can, can I have my blessing back, right? But clearly, for those kids, that blessing was important. Those words, they really mattered. They were important. They were powerful. They were going to bring about good in this guy's life. And not knowing if they could trust him or not, if he was trustworthy or not, they chose not to share those words. Well, my guess is that most of us probably don't take our words that seriously, at least most of the time, right? We live, for one thing, in a culture where words are fairly cheap. We can speak them, read them, hear them, half hear them, and then usually we just forget about them. Words for us tend to be labels, right? Information, uh, arbitrary. What was the quote from Shakespeare? Arose by any other name, right? We, so we can, we can use words, we can multiply them, we can even manipulate them. But I wonder how often we pause to consider the impact they can have. Until, perhaps, we have something happen like what's happened in our country over these past couple of weeks. Now you can all relax, I'm not going to go into politics here. But I think we can at least say that recent events have left all of us with many things, many things to think about. And among them, the power of words. The way words can shape and shade reality. And for us as Christians, maybe there's an opportunity here as well to reflect upon whose words we allow to do this shaping and this shading in our own lives. I'll give you an example. Um, think with me for a minute about social media. So YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all those other good things. So most of us, I'm guessing, probably think of these apps as products that we use to connect with others, to share about our lives, to learn, to be entertained, and, and they are. They're all of that, right? But maybe what we don't think about is that the companies behind these apps don't see things exactly the same way. For them, it's not Facebook, it's not Twitter that's the product, it's you and I that are the product, right? It's our eyeballs, our attention that's being sold to advertisers and to content providers. And the algorithms that are behind these programs are designed to maximize that attention keep us glued to our screens. So for these algorithms, there's no such thing as the good, the true, the beautiful. For them, the true and the good and the beautiful is whatever keeps us watching. 
So they'll tell us whatever we want to hear. They'll reinforce whatever biases or opinions we might hold, feed whatever instincts or appetites or even fears they need to, all in order to keep us watching. It really becomes almost like a drug in a particularly potent one. So I'm not saying that social media is all bad. I'm not saying go out there, you know, right after mass and cancel your Facebook accounts. But I am saying this. We've entered a difficult, precarious, some might even say dangerous period in our history. And this period is being shaped by words. And as Christians, I think it's crucial for all of us, each of us, to ask ourselves and to judge carefully whose words are shaping my mind right now, my heart, my responses. And just as importantly, of all those many words doing that shaping, how many of them are God's words? We've noted before that in the biblical way of thinking, words have power, and God's words most of all. So in our first reading, Samuel hears the call of God and goes from being a simple temple attendant to a prophet and a kingmaker. And in the gospel, Peter hears the words of Jesus and goes from being a simple fisherman to a fisher of men and women, the rock upon which the church will be built. And you can think all the way back to Genesis, to the creation story in Genesis. God brings the world itself into being. How? Via his word. Let there be, and it was. So we could go on and on with examples, but the point is this, you guys. God's word is living, efficacious. That means it does something. It's not just information or instruction. God's word is inspired. It speaks to each of us personally. It shapes things, brings into being. It shapes hearts and destinies, and not just those in the Bible, our own as well. My friends, I can tell you, God speaks to all of us all of the time through his word. I can't tell you how many times I've come in here for daily mass in the morning, sat right over there in that corner, listened to the readings for the day, and later on walked away thinking, wow, Lord, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Sometimes it's not what I wanted to hear, but it's definitely what I needed to hear, right? Scripture is it's powerful like that. I'll offer you a, a personal example that means a lot to me. I remember when my wife and I were engaged, we were at one of those points in our relationship where we were going through kind of a hard time, kind of at loggerheads. I know none of you married couples ever go through that. But I'll admit, it was mostly due to my own stubbornness and selfishness, mostly. So we talked. We talked to each other. We talked to a counselor. We consulted with friends. And those were all helpful. But you know, for me, what was finally decisive, decisive, were the words that I heard in prayer one morning. I was praying and honestly, I was complaining to God about where Teresa and I were. I was wondering if I'd made a mistake. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was doing a good bit of navel gazing. Well, when I picked up the Bible that morning to look at the, the gospel for the day, these were the words that I opened to. Take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. And you guys, those words were like a smack in the face. They got my attention, and I knew they were meant for me. And without going into all the gory details, 
Those words were responsible for me finally opening my heart to the possibility that maybe marriage wasn't just about self-fulfillment, but much more, perhaps, about learning to die to myself. Looking back now, I can't tell you how grateful I am for those words that God gave me because while the cross has certainly been present in my marriage, like most, just ask my wife, there's also been an awful lot of resurrection. And for that, I am forever grateful to God. So, many of us, I'm guessing, spend a lot of time each day online or listening to talk radio or watching the news. And I'm not going to say we should stop altogether, though maybe some of us should. But what if we were to try something? What if we were to make a tithe of our time? To tithe means to take 10% of something we have and offer that to God. So what if we were to figure out how much time we spend each day on media and then devote one-tenth of that time to reading God's word instead? So if it's an hour, take six minutes. If it's two hours, take 12 minutes. My daughter told me last night, she said, Daddy, you realize you're asking teenagers to take an hour or two on reading the Bible every day, right? So teens, you can take maybe 1% to start with. That'll be good. That'll be good, all right? But whatever it is, find a quiet spot and a quiet time. Open up to the Gospels or to the daily readings, what have you, and then read them, but read them with attention. Listen to the words. See what wells up inside. Let God speak. If you do that regularly and faithfully, I promise you, your life will start to look different. You'll find anger and anxiety and fear being replaced by patience and trust and peace. You'll find hope and courage to deal with life's crosses. And you'll find strength and stability to weather the storm. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.